everybody. Welcome back to Coffee and Comic Books. Uh, I'm Autumn. I'm joined as always by Rick. Hello. Uh, and we're here this week to talk about Zegas, but before that, um, what else have you been reading this week, Rick? It wasn't a comic, but <laughs> I realized I'd never seen Mask of the Phantasm before. What? Because your episode. Yeah, I know, right? What? <laughs> so I watched that. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mask of the Phantasm. That, yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's wild to me that they didn't bring that lady into the comics ever. Yeah, I was looking into it because she's in... There's a couple sequels in Batman Adventures. Um, Phantasm. I got the movie from 1979. Uh, <laughs> Batman villain. She's not never in the comics, but I don't think she's ever in like DC continuity. Oh, this is oh, Villains yeah, okay. Wiki. This is not what I want. <laughs> and then that episode made me think of the Mark Millar um, Superman Adventures stuff that you talked about at the end of it, because you're doing Superman now. Yeah, and I should I read some say, of that stuff. Um, it's, so what it is, is it's Mark, it's, it's Millar before he like parted ways with Morrison. So it reads like okay, okay, 75% okay. Grant Morrison, basically. It's like, if you take out the violence and the swearing of a Millar comic and then infuse that with Morrison at the time, you basically get what those comics read like. So they're, would... they're fine. Because like, um, Morrison, uh, Miller, Wade, and Tom Pyre had a Superman pitch in the year like 2000 that's like really mm-hmm. famous. And they took all that stuff and then put it into all the books they wrote for the rest of the time they wrote Superman ever. That that's makes where sense. Hyper Time comes from. And like all of the stuff from Secret Identity. All the Clark Kent stuff, all the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff's all in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is when they were like co-writing the Flash back when that happened. I've, I've never read a Flash comic in my life. <laughs> I've read like a handful because there was that time. Oh, what was it? It was that was like the one John's comic I actually read a lot of when it was popular because that stuff was so popular back in the day. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, enough of that, because it's boring. Um, <laughs> what I read this week is a book called I Thought You Loved Me. It's by uh, Marin, Marin Naomi, and um, it is a book by Field Mouse Press. It is, um, what is, it's a book, okay, imagine this. You're 42, and you're trying to figure out why a friend stopped talking to you in your 20s. Okay. And you kept meticulous notes. What do you do? You make a comic about it and a diary about it, and it's great. Okay. And it's gripping, and it's it's unlike any comic I've ever read, and it's like it blows me away every time I think about it. It's great. What was the name of the book again? I thought you loved me. I thought you loved me. Okay, I've, I had I pulled up Field Mouse Press uh, when I was trying to. Um. Oh, this was this looks good. Yeah, it's it's just like small comics interspersed with like journal entries and like. Uh, crossing out their your own diary entries, basically. Oh, this is uh, cool. There's like pe- collage art in here. It looks like. Uh yeah, it's great. And uh, it just and the thing about the the like it's a real story, but I don't want to give away the plot. Right. Because <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it, it was surprising and like yeah, it's it's really great autobiographic and I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, this looks really fucking good. <clears throat> yeah. It's great. And then I've half read a book called uh, Don't Go Without Me from Shortbox, but I'll talk about that when I finish it because it's not that long. I just have not been reading that much. Yeah, fair enough. What about you? 
Um, I'll talk about the thing I actually read in a moment. I have discovered that um, Andrea Beaumont or, or the Phantasm has been brought into DC continuity, just not in comics that any of us are ever going to fucking read, because Tom oh, no. King brought her in. Uh, of course, immediately after uh, uh, Batman and Catwoman like ditch each other at the altar. I forget how that plays out, but um, it, yeah, immediately after that, uh, Tom King brings in uh, Andrea Beaumont as like. Uh, Bruce's one true love, which is incredible. Thank you, Tom King. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Of course he would. <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> I don't know why I would have expected anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what have you been reading? Um. Uh. So I've been reading some Batman comics. I read um Ten Nights of the Beast. Uh, which is fucking yeah. great <laughs> because basically. Um, now that we're out of Batman the Animated Series, I was kind of, like, wanting to read a little more Batman, and, um, so I picked up a couple trades of Batman the Caped Crusader, and a couple, uh, trades of, uh, Dark Knight Detective, which are, like, it sounds like starting, like, about as close to After Crisis as you can get, and just going forward collecting Batman, so, like, this is from, like, March 1988, uh, which I did not realize that, uh, Kate, uh, KG Beast stuff was so close to uh, uh, after the uh, after Crisis, but basically, um, the the Soviet government comes to Commissioner Gordon is like one of our most evil assassins is like uh, coming and he's going to try to uh, disrupt the Star Wars program, and you need to um, stop him because uh, <laughs> like he's he's like on the loose and he's like killing, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of people, and Bat it's, like, four issues of, like, him and Batman playing cat and mouse, basically. It's, um, written by Jim Starlin and done, illustrated by Jim Aparo, and so, like, the story is silly at best, but that's not why you're here. The reason you're here is because Jim Aparo is a fucking god of drawing Batman action comics, and he's just, like, firing on all cylinders with this. Uh, this, mm -hmm. these four issues just kick so much ass. <laughs> And then, yeah. um, they get they get progressively sillier as like in the fourth and final issue of the story. Um, Batman has to save Ronald Reagan, and then has like Alfred in a Reagan mask, uh, acting as a decoy for the Beast to go after. That's perfect. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, there's not much to say about it. But I was very, I, I, I was just very delighted to find that, like, oh, DC is just, like, collecting things in trades, so you can just read Batman more or less in order. And you can start after Crisis, which is what I actually want to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, very, very, uh, very pleased with that, and I'm going to keep working through it. I also, the story, like, there was a couple stories in Dark Knight Detective that are, like, Oh, Penguin's got a plot with an evil bird because that's just what he did in the late '80s, I guess. <laughs> you know, not not as much fun over there, but um, not bad by any stretch. There was one other thing, but um, I didn't really read it. There's an mm -hmm. artist who I think about all the time, but I none of, none of his stuff is translated. I just found it on kind of a, on a whim. But um, it's um, this guy who was called uh, his name is uh, Mikia. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's like Mozo Suki. Oh, I he saw did, you um, tweeting about him. Yeah, yeah. So he did a 50-volume comic called Wild 7, which is a comic 
where, as far as I can tell, the plot of it is the police can't deal with these damn youth street gangs, so they hire one of them to be, like, their, like, deputies to go hunt them down. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, like, the most reactionary shit I've ever read, but it's, like, in that way that, like, only the person who would write that could draw the best action scenes you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life. <laughs> um, yeah. That sounds about so, right. <laughs> so there's 50 volumes, and like each volume is like, oh yeah, this, this action scene is better than everything I've ever read. And then it keeps going from there, like it doesn't stop. And it's it's embarrassing. Oh. And then he does 10 volumes in this 80s of like Wild 7, uh, or Shin Wild 7 or Wild 7 Next. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all just the best stuff. I want to find this one. There's one page from the 80s one that I think about all the time because it is... Um, I think, oh, I, think I, I might find. have a lead on some uh, Spanish translations of this book. And now I'm like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like that stuff, but like it's... I just want... There's like a few books that like t- tempt me to like get into like learning a language for the worst reasons <laughs> uh here here's a page here's a double page spread from the 80s sequel that's 10 volumes long and I'll, you'll you'll understand why this thing knocks my socks off every time oh my god Oh my god, these are stairs. It took me a second to even like yeah, comp- yeah, yeah. the emotion lines are so fucking much in here that it's like hard to comprehend, but it's so fucking cool. So Oh my god, he's riding this, the chair. We'll see it later. Um there's a guy who is riding a chair down a railing and his two cop friends throw him their handguns so he can grab them in the air and then shoot some butt guys on the bottom of the staircase. Incredible. Incredible. It's great. And it's just like that for like Volumes upon volumes upon volumes, and I can't stop thinking about the guy's art, but I can't read it, so whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I let's see, Manga Dex does have um Spanish translations of everything, and then possibly <laughs> an English translation, or maybe this is just oh, this is only no. for the first volume. Boo, yeah, yeah, yeah. boo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. You've done, like, wrestling comics and, like, samurai comics. So the thing I share, share about samurai comics is there's a samurai comic he drew where um, there's a scene where a guy's, like, blocking a pass. So a guy runs at him, stops, and then puts out these two wooden sticks, and then two ninjas jump on them from behind him, jump up into the air, and then surf their swords through the guy's shoulder blades who's guarding the gate. Oh, my God. It's just, like, perfect action stuff, and I just... Oh, I don't oh understand. Like, there are scenes where, like... Someone will get hit with like a piece of wood, and then right before they get hit, the camera, the pa- the page will switch paneling to the other way around, so you'll see the wood coming at the face of the person you're looking through the eyes of at the moment. That's great. <laughs> um, man, I just I just love action comics drawn by the worst fascists on the planet. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we're. I don't know. Like I, that's another thing. I don't know. Like his specific alignment but i know Uh what the plot of the book is yeah so it like it's like that's all i can go off of really like Uh here's the other one i just found it um like that kind of this kind of shift is like what i'm looking for in comics yeah 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 (laughs) he bashes the guy's glasses in but you see it from behind the glasses it's so cool (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you see it yeah. from behind the glasses, but also the, the glasses are fracturing. <laughs> if people yeah. go, uh, if you're listening to this, hop on over to cohost.org slash autumnal. I put up show notes for things, and I'm not always the most diligent, but I will make sure to put the panels we're talking about <laughs> in the show notes this week, because um, this is fucking incredible. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, we can get on to Zegas. And FIFA? Yeah. Um, so, we talked about this briefly on the last episode, but if, in case people aren't $5 patrons, F- Michelle FIFA is a like independent comics artist who's been around for the last 10 plus or minus years. Um, and he is by far the most known, most well-known for um, his work on Copra, which is a like hardcore action comic about like it is very much like a, an homage to uh, John Ostrander's Suicide Squad. He wears that influence on its on his sleeve, and it is just like nonstop, like violent superhero action with just death and murder everywhere. Um, Zagus is not that. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want to tell people a little bit about what this book is? Sure. Um, this is a book that came out uh, in 2011. It started, and um, notably. Uh, the, the collection, it, uh, it does in the wrong order. Like, uh, it went one, two, zero when it came out in issues and they repub, they, they published it in zero, one, two, which makes... I guess makes sense, but. Okay. But, but okay. yeah. So, um, Zegas is about Emily and Boston Zegas who are siblings and basically they're poor and broke and trying to find work and love and it's just a slice of life comic about like music shows but drawn by fifa so it looks out of this world yeah the the big like the thing about this book is that like fifa is doing like stuff with like painting and perspective and like there's a lot of like three-dimensional stuff in this book that's just fucking wild um because um like you, the very first page of um, like <clears throat> issue zero, like you get like <clears throat> there's Boston and Emily, uh, like Emily's coming in and to the apartment, and you see the apartment, and the whole thing is just like bent and curvy in this like weird way that just feels impossible to draw. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and the coloring in this book is fucking incredible, and the like science fictioniness, but also not is like yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's like it's like five. It's like five steps off of like normal. Yeah. Like there's like a little like especially in zero because like they walk out into the into the wasteland basically, and there's this guy who's just like here to like chill with them, and his name's Ortega. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After they make a wish on some weird plant thing. Yeah, there's like a wishing well that's like, yeah, like a red plant with a mouth, and it's like lives inside of a chimney-looking thing. <laughs> um, and like this, this is stuff that's continued in Copper a lot. Like Ortega, especially, is like spe- like one of the characters in Copper is basically that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> but it's neat seeing that that style applied to like something way more low key. Yeah, and it's mo- it's. Like, this book is mostly just about, like, Emily is, like, having a hard time keeping a job, 
Boston is just kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like, she's 25, he's 30, and they're both just, like, you know, trying to make rent, trying to, like, uh, like, they both have, like, relationship problems that are weird and exacerbated by the other person in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, these two are so cute. I, uh, I, it's really, it's really fun how, how they're like lovable and hateable in equal measure. Like they walk such mm-hmm. a fine line with it. Um, it's really good. Especially cause like the way the, so the way it came out is like one, one, two, zero. So the book opens on Emily doing the thing that everyone wants to do at their job, which is yell at the person who's at the highest level about how dumb they're being at a meeting. Yes. Yes. The like, cause she's like working on, I think maybe like a music for, video. Like, a fair thing. Yeah. I think. And the, 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 like, the guy who wants the animatronics commission, because I think, yeah, he's, like, doing some sort of video production, um, like, comes in and, like, smashes up their animatronics and then is like, why haven't you gotten any work done? And she just, like, goes off on this dude and it's just like, I wish I could do this every day, every single day. <laughs> so, it's so fucking satisfying to just watch somebody in a comic do the thing that I always want to do. Um... Also, Fikipe is really good at drawing people getting angry all of a sudden. Yeah, because like their faces will start to contort, or like the one guy's like sweating the whole time, and like the sweat starts bleeding, like sweating down the lines of his face as well as on his face. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Little details, and like also like the coloring here. So the way it works is it's mostly in like gray tone and like a bit of orange on the building walls, and then Emily's hair is like the brightest red at all times. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, like, issue one opens up on, like, you see, like, the city they're living in, in, like, all black and white, and, like, kind of, maybe, like, Sharpie, kind of painted, um, and then there's, like, the sun coming over the horizon, and it's all, like, these watercolors, question mark? Um, and it's this, like, weird, swirling, surreal vortex, and then it's just, like, seems like Emily's just having anxiety and the, you know, like weird colors are just like the representation of her anxiety. <laughs> well, there's a part where they're, they're, um, there's a part where like the text balloons just start getting eaten up by this like black cloud basically as she's getting fired. Yeah. Um, and like that kind of stuff. And like, um, so she goes, she gets fired from her job and goes to pay back a guy who gave her free food from his food truck the day before. And the, oh, the really yeah, cool thing on these pages. This. this is so sweet. <laughs> yeah. But the cool thing is he doesn't draw the guy being happy. He puts the the text box of the guy being happy over his face. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then he moves it down. It, it's really a neat effect. Well, and because it's like the, the stuff in the text box is like Emily being like, more anxious about how she is being perceived than uh-huh. like her actually like perceiving what this guy is um whatever this guy is thinking like she's more in her own head about it um than she's noticing the other person and so it's such a nice little touch and then like and a man then... with four faces <laughs> steals the dollar <laughs> and like he bumps into a lady and there's a great bump sound effect on that page. And then they run through an arcade for a whole page. It's great. Yeah. 
I kept wondering why was the story called Arcade, and it's solely because, like, they run through this arcade. <laughs> and she, like, it's like an automaton guy, because she, like, knocks his, like, guts out. Yeah. Um, and he's got, like, he's got, like, a, like a Robotnik body, where he's all, like, uh-huh. very round, and then has, like, little stick legs. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like, she tackles him, and, like, He's all robots in there, um, and then the robots just kind of slither away, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. And none of this has the... anything to do with anything, really. It's just no. a good scene. It's just a fun thing that happens. And then she goes to get the guy's money, and he don't take it. It's nice. It's so nice. And then the Boston story of this issue is... <laughs> God. Um... So, so... Yeah, Boston. Go ahead, uh-huh. Boston um goes over to his ex question marks place. Um, they are like on and off again all yeah. the time. Kind of seems like. Yeah, like she's got a new boyfriend, and they're still on off again. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> which Emily has some words about later. But he just like picks up some drugs from her couch. <laughs> And eats it and like has an allergic reaction where his face gets like swollen up and like all weird and contorted. <laughs> um, and so they have to like go to the drug dealer's house and the drug dealer like just stabs Boston with a needle and hopes for the best. <laughs> He's bleeding out on the floor. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and like right before they go into the apartment, um, there's some guys outside that are like, um, just hassling them, and then, like, you know, stuff's gonna happen in the apartment, and then they come back, and they're like, damn, you're bleeding out. (laughs) (laughs) I love this shit. I love this shit. This is also, um... Right, because they end up just getting what they want, or they get the money back from the drug dealer because, uh, Boston fucking judo flips this guy. (laughs) Yeah, and then the guy who's, like, paying for the drugs to be developed is there, so he's like, just pay the guy back. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I really like Boston. What a fucking dweeb. <laughs> yeah, speaking of liking Boston, uh, issue two. <laughs> <laughs> um, issue, issue two is also printed on different paper than the first one, so it's a lot. It's um, it's like it's a lot like the Ganges books, actually, in like the thickness and the size of these these books in like print. If people are not reading them in print, and uh, issue two is all about. Uh, Emily trying to get a job in Boston, going to a, a club for a night, basically. Yeah, the Boston story gets so weird, because he just, like, <laughs> he's just kind of, like, there while his friend is getting up to some stupid bullshit, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so, so his friend is, like, the guy, the guy you know who's most convinced that he's he's a great artist. Yes, yes. And he's like, I got this sick beat, I gotta give it to this DJ. It's like, Really? Like, okay, sure. And he plays the beat, and the best thing about this is there's no music in this. It just uses the color to represent what this thing sounds like. So it just, like, explodes off the the, the page in, like, color and, like, lines and stuff. It's great. I also, I love the, the, the panel right after the colors and lines for the music. It's, you hate it. I don't hate it. You have that look that I might hurt you if I'm honest look, and Boston says, that's just my face, which, yes, that is Boston's face. <laughs> That is just how he looks. And then Emily's trying to get, like, four different bad jobs the whole time. 
Yeah, she like <laughs> um what I remember her like the one I remember most is like her at the last place where the guy is like well, oh, as yeah. long as you're not an artist, I'll you know I'll hire you. And she's like, I'm an artist. <laughs> I believe the thing is, she wants to be a clothing designer, and she keeps getting like jobs for like archiving stuff or like doing like clerical work around clothing designers, and she wants the real thing. Right. So she keeps blowing up these opportunities. I guess you could call them. Yeah. And, like, one of them's like one of them's like someone telling them like we don't we don't hire people. We just get interns that work for free. Right, and, like, her thinking, like, I shouldn't be an intern, I can't work for free, we're so broke, and her, like, wanting to take it anyway, and then still sort of getting, like, shot down, um, it's, like, it sucks so bad. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) And then we go to the club where Boston's friend, or first we go to the club, and this guy tries to hit on a girl, and her three friends, her two friends and her really... (laughs) Yelling him for his grave. Yeah. And like Boston has to like get between them. Um and the guy is fucking humiliated. Um uh. Oh right. Because because the friend is trying to get his beat to this DJ named KB. And the friend like goes and hits on these girls and Boston gets in between them, and then you turn the page and and you finally see the DJ that he's trying to get the beats to, and it's like fucking Galactus, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like the full on like um, uh, African Bambata, like that oh, kind of yeah. stuff from like the eighties. Like yeah, like like um, oh, what's the guy's name? Else, can drive me nuts. Not uh, oh, Ram Ramelzy. Uh, Who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, it's gonna drive me nuts now. I, I have no help here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, but describe this double page spread, please. Yeah. Um. So, like KB, this uh, DJ, he's got his Galactus helmet on. He's like got the. He's like got his hands outstretched to the whole club, and then it's like it's all these like purple and orange like lines like all across the page um and you see him like he's got like a supernatural command over the crowd and the friend is like walk trying to walk up to him to show him the beat and just realizing like this is not it this is not the time uh (laughs) and then you just you see him like walk back behind boston and boston's just kind of enjoying the show (laughs) i love that his hand is like like, his hand and his helmet are superimposed on the whole page, too, over the bottom panels. Yeah, yeah. As it comes, as it gets more and more, like, figured and, like, painted, it's really cool. Yeah, it's just, like, um, shapes and lines. It's not even, like, fully figures at some point, you know? The person I was thinking of was Ramblesy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had that name right. Who was uh, a very prominent... Um, visual artist, uh, graffiti writer, painter, performance artist. Um, you, he worked with a basket in a couple of things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. From like the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they leave the club. Um, they leave the club and they argue like bros do. (laughs) Yeah. And then we go to Cuba. Um, 
right? Oh, right. Is that is that Savannah, right? Um, no, it's Havana. Never mind. Never mind. I thought it was. I thought it was. <laughs> um. Oh, right, 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 right. I was trying to remember like what was the next thing. Um. <clears throat> is this actually wait? Is this in the collection? Hold on a second. Is the black and white story in the collection? I don't know because the next thing I've got is um. The next thing oh, I've got. Oh, might not be. Never mind. Okay. Is um, uh, Emily and her boyfriend and this awful story about. So, Emily's got this like boyfriend kinda of two months um and like they they like walk like emily and the boyfriend like walk out of the bedroom and boston's there and he's like i hate this guy and just is like openly contemptuous of the boyfriend um and like later like a couple pages later like after the boyfriend leaves bumps into the boyfriend on the bus and then is like you know, she told me she doesn't love you. She doesn't even like you, bro. Like, she doesn't even care enough about you to uh, actually break up with you. <laughs> because Boston is just an asshole. <laughs> um, he's just the dirt worst fucking person. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so shitty. It's, it's like... I would not want to be friends with Boston. I understand why, like, everyone around him does not really like him. However... Um, it's like, it's great comics. It's great. It's fucking great. Cause it's like these, like when he first bumps into him on the, um, uh, bus, it's like this 12 panel page. And then the next one is a 20 panel page. And then there's another like 16 panel page. Um, and there's just like this density to this conversation. Um, that's like really cool, especially when like so much of this book has been like so visually out there. And then to just get these pages of like Boston just being so concentratedly like awful to the sky. <laughs> and it's just dialogue on dialogue on dialogue on dialogue is so cool. Yeah. And then, then he had a really nice date with his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his girlfriend who has a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. They just get some coolers and hang out in the, on the ceiling. <laughs> on the roof. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's sick. Uh, so, yeah, in, in issue two, there is a story that is not in the collection, it looks like. It's called uh, Habana 76, and it's like an eight-page-ish black and white story of a guy trying to get cigarettes and trying to hit on this girl. And he's very much like Boston in that he is a douchebag. <laughs> but it's just good, good comics. Uh, I will send you a page of this because I'm see if I can, like, there is see it on uh, Fifa's website or any information about it. Just maybe, now yeah, it might be on his website. Uh... Michelle Fifa, like the one person on the planet who still has a website. <laughs> yeah, it's like him and Kevin Wazinga. Um. Oh, that's nice. He's got like, okay, yeah, Zagus too. Let's see. No, there's in, there's some information about it, but there's no like, oh, you can't like find it on the website or anything like that. Yeah, it might not be available anywhere. Who knows? Um, seems seems that way. Yeah, here's a page of it. Um, oh, this is sick. Yeah. This is fucking uh, sick. Here's the last. Last page is really sick because it's just like a very simple 
gesture with the title. Uh, oh, there is a, okay. I found it. I found it. Um, this story has never been reprinted. It is, imprinted, is presented here in, in its entirety. Um, this is cool. Yeah. I, I'm going to read this off the air. I'm not just going to like stare at this on the podcast. I'm sure, I feel like I just got very quiet for a moment in a way that's bad <laughs> podcasting, <fine>. but it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but yeah, like the thing about all these stories, right, is like, well, Boston's like running to the bus to talk to this shitty boyfriend. There's like this sick color wash as the on yeah. the ground. Like he's like this like white and black figure running to this bus, and then there's like this purpley black blue like wash over the ground. And it like I don't see any. There's no the, the his coloring style is so like his, and like yeah. you don't see it anywhere. It's like it stands out so much, but you know, like immediately when you see a FIFA coloring, because you're like, oh yeah, yeah, the, the wash is there, yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's the thing is, it's like because I mentioned right before we hopped on the mic, I was like, I feel, I feel like this is a little more painterly than like Copra is, um, and then I was flipping through Copra, and it's like the thing I associate with that book is like this colored pencil style that is like very clear, but like. There's still, there still is, like, painted elements to it, and there's still so much, like, these two books are so, so different, and still so feel, like, definitively him, and definitively, like, not anybody else in comics is, like, there's just not anybody else who does the thing that he does, you know? Um, mm -hmm. which is really fucking remarkable, um... I, I was thinking about with this issue the um, so Boston meets up with the with the girlfriend Gina and there's like this double page spread where they go to the um, they go to the convenience store they get some snacks and some liquor oh yeah yeah it's and sick. they climb up the fire escape and then like <clears throat> on the on the revert on the other page of the two page spread it's like them looking out over the city and the city is like all the rooftops are these like black geometric shapes. And then they've got like rainbows of like stripes, like coming down to like suggest the shapes of the buildings that are like, would have those roofs. Um, and it's, it's all like, you know, very unique shapes. It's all like just different stuff. And it's like fucking cool. Um, and then you go to the next page and it's like the light from the city gets reflected onto their like black and white colors. And so like you'll just get like these like rainbow colors on one side of their faces, which is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's sick. The thing about uh, Fife is that like he his art is so crystal clear, like whenever he wants it to be. But then he can like veer it into like like abstract stuff like so easily and then snap it right back into place the next like it's so precise it's nuts yeah um the thing that like when you mention that like to go either backward or forward to issue zero um uh like there's a story about um so boston has this cactus and emily breaks it um and <clears throat> Like, he goes and gets this new cactus from this guy who's dying. And then in the night, 
the the new cactus he gets like coughs up the soul of an also dead woman and then the the soul of the dead woman is like united with the uh soul of the guy who sold the cactus in the sky and it's like it's not done in words and it's like really hard to tell what's going on but then once you figure out what's going on it's so obvious and it's like such a weird effect that he pulls off you know yeah Um, it's so good and just like watching like the way that like the like the the ghost like slithers out of the cactus is so weird you know the the, Um, the page i was thinking about in zero is um boston he like either gets drunk or has a panic attack and there's a page where like the top of half of it is like someone giving him two fingers and he's like seeing two fingers and then two blurry fingers and then like this like monstrosity hand of like a million fingers and then another one and then like the two fingers like dialogue box is like cut in like three different places it's great yeah 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 um (sighs) this book is so fucking cool like people should just read this book because that's the other thing um just speaking for me the last two things we read you know 25 issues of orion that was like that was like a marathon and a sprint all in one because i had a deadline and i was like trying to get through it and i had an amazing time uh same with uh like 500 pages of dread um if you have not been wanting to read our last two things this is 98 pages it took me about an hour to read this um you should just go check this book out like it's really fucking cool (laughs) It's sick. Um, the other thing too about FIFA is that there's still not a like there's like almost fifty issues of copper at this point, but there's still not that many issues of FIFA comics out there, like grand scheme of things outside of that. Yeah. Um he's, if you want to read it all, you can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like he's he's shown up on like War Rocket Ajax a couple times, and I remember I, I don't want to like say I'm quoting him because I don't remember his interviews that well, but like it seems like He's done work for higher stuff. Like, he's done, like, some Savage Dragon. He's done, like, some Daredevil that I think we talked about last time. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Like... He did a Bloodstrike book for Image. And he... he, It seems like the reason that he does Copra is that, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of work goes into every single issue of these books, you know? Uh Um, There's just, like... There is a level of, like craft and perfectionism that you get from fifa that like you just don't get from anybody else (laughs) because because no one else can do this because no one else is gonna like spend like you know 10 years publishing 30 issues of copra you know uh the other thing like um it's so it's such a great thing too that that book hit like it did because like it's actually like seems like it's successful and like doing well yeah, that's the thing is I remember like the first time I heard him um, talk about Copra, it was a very, there was like almost like a, a desperation in his voice of like, I need this thing to work out. And it feels like in the last couple years, this book has really caught on because it feels like whenever I like see him around on the internet or stuff, uh, it seems like uh, it seems like making Copra has like been successful for him. I see it in bookstores, which is just like crazy to think about like, you know, at one point he was like printing these himself and like mailing them to people, and now it's just in bookstores, which is great. You know, I still have all my emails of Zegas of Copper and Zegas being shipped out. 
That's so fucking fun. I've been fun. reading this stuff forever. Uh, the funny <laughs> part is uh, my issue zero is actually one of 300. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the one thing you might not be able to find is uh, Death Zone, which is the Suicide Squad fan comic he did. Oh, between this and Copra, it's like it's like it's like twenty pages of like the Suicide Squad characters like fighting in some weird dimension. <laughs> it's great. Um, there's a link to it on his website. I'm seeing if I can. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like Copra, like it's not like it is Suicide Squad, but it's like Suicide Squad in the way like if you remember right, Suicide Squad goes to like Apocalypse at like issue thirty. Right. <laughs> So like it does, it does the whole gamut. Like it's like Ditko and like Ostrander and like Kirby, and you smash them all together into like just good superhero plots. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, that book like single handedly is the thing that killed my interest in like Marvel and DC comics, like mostly forever. Honestly, like, I don't need them in, anymore. Like I have these forty issues, and I can just read them again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, new comics specifically like I'll go back to like 70s Marvel comics but I don't need new ones I don't think yeah that's the thing is that like um I could just I could just do I could just read anything else if I'm ever thinking about reading um <laughs> uh Marvel and DC we we talked very briefly about um Zombo this week and I mentioned oh, to yeah. you I'd like the only uh, Al Ewing book I'd ever read was um, uh, Immortal Hulk, because, like, I don't know, I don't have a... Al Ewing seems like a really cool, like, Marvel writer, and I just have a hard time caring about the Marvel Universe. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, but then you mentioned to me Zombo, I'm like, that sounds cool. I want to check that out. <laughs> he's done, like, 2000... He's done, like, Dread stuff, too. Like, he did a Dread... A holiday special issue that was a choose your own adventure story where you're a guy <laughs> trying to steal something from a mall at Christmas time. Okay. And it's trying oh, not I've to get caught by dread this. in this choose your own adventure story. I've heard about that one. Yeah. 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 It's great. <laughs> Cause that was, a, that was, that came out around the same time that, um, there was a really popular issue of adventure time. There was like a choose your own adventure thing. Uh-huh. Um, and so I remember people being like, is this just a thing now? And it, it wasn't a thing, but it was a fun little uh, fad when it lasted. <laughs> I also read his um, his run with uh, Foreman on Ultimates. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Marvel. yeah. Because he did all that stuff with like Galactus and like all the like the weird sci-fi characters that are off to the side. That was really fun for a I bit. Think I was just hearing something about those the other day. Because um, doesn't. Doesn't he introduce like Galactus's mom in that run or something? I don't think so, okay. but I, I know that the next guy just wiped it all clean because that's what happened in yeah, comics. That's, <laughs> that's just how. That's just how that goes. Yeah, um, uh, yeah Zombo's fun though because Zombo is just like, what if we take everything I've read from Marvel and DC, put it into like a like it's almost like martial law, but like for the for like a more like two thousands era than the eighties that martial law was for. Which martial law was uh, what if we take the Punisher and have him kill everyone, but like, like to the side parodies of these things. So like, um, Z- Zombo has a, a Bizarro, and like the first thing you Zombo is basically like a man thing, like a uh, Steve Grabber man thing, where like there's narration talking constantly about how he's like screwing up and everything, 
And then, so they, they make a fake other Bizarro Zombo, and it's, his name's just Zombo backwards, so it's like Obzom or whatever it is. And he's like, well, so what's the, what's the superhero on him if you were to take, like, man thing or small thing? What's the most opposite of that you could think of? Uh, the most opposite of man thing and swamp thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I guess Spider-Man? I don't know. <laughs> so it's, uh, I'll send you this page and you, you'll tell me, you'll know exactly, um, do I have it on, I have it on my phone. One second. I'm I'm checking out martial law right now, which I was not familiar with. Uh, oh yeah, this martial looks, laws. <laughs> this looks like something. This looks. This is uh, for for the listeners. Martial law. M a r s h a l. I was spelling with two at first. Um, this is a like this was published by Epic Comics, which is apparently just the only thing we ever talk about on this show is Epic <laughs> yeah. Comics in 1987, which is like, and like this cover is like. This, like, ripped Rob Liefeld-type guy with, like, a gun bigger than his own body, and his body is not... <laughs> it's pretty fucking big. Um, and it's, like, it's Pat Mills and Kevin O'Neill. Um, this is just a lot to take in. This is a lot to process. Uh, he rides okay, around so- on a helicopter shaped like an, a bald eagle? <laughs> so I will say, like, so the, the thing about martial law, right, is it's six issues at the start and then uh it's successful people like it right but they can't mm-hmm. keep doing it at um marvel so <laughs> they find other small publishers to publish stuff at and it gets more and more specific uh as it goes along so like the second one of them is called um marshall takes manhattan and it's about <laughs> them going to an asylum where they keep all the marvel heroes like to the like from the left side of them basically <laughs> And he fights, he basically just fights the Punisher, like the, the like Frank Castle in that, and he finds the Punisher's backstory is he was in, the, like, a Latin American country doing torture for the CIA. Okay. And, like, all that stuff, and they talk about it. Yeah, it's great. It's, like, and then, so the, after that one is this, which I'll give you one guess who this is supposed to be. Um, just opening this up a little bigger so I can actually see it a little closer. <laughs> Um, oh my god. Why does he look like he's shooting Columbo? (laughs) (laughs) He does kind of look like he's shooting Columbo, but you you can, you can tell who that is, obviously. Um, I'm not, I'm not placing it right this minute, but, um. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a young boy with his parents and they're getting gunned down on the street. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) And then he turns into, and he builds a giant monument to their honor and drives around in a, Outfit, yeah. Okay, it's yeah. Called King, it's called Kingdom of the Blind. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically just fake Batman the, the, for like 50 pages. Oh my god. It's this good. Is so um, much. Where, is, where is the stupid thing? Oh, yeah, I realized why I couldn't is, um, place this at first is because I was reading right to left like manga for some fucking oh. reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. Yeah, the problem with that book is, like, there's nothing to talk about in that book beyond, like, the joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this does uh, look like the, worth here, reading, though. Here's the Bizarro Zombie, or the, the Bizarro Zombo. You can oh, tell me who yeah. that is, too. The, if you read those boxes, you might get a hint of who that's supposed to be. This might be Black Mask. I don't know. <laughs> um. 
Enchanté. Oh, oh, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I was like, who do I know that has uh, uh, white words on black uh, <laughs> uh, speech bubbles? Oh, right. <laughs> Sup- superstitious and cowardly lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the, the, so martial law, it keeps going after that, actually. So they do, they do DC, they do Marvel, they do the JSA after that, I'm pretty sure. And then they do Legion of Superheroes getting eaten by Xenomorphs from Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Out in space, yeah, it's stupid stuff. Those, those guys, like Mills specifically, like he just kind of goes and then people don't stop him and he keeps going. <laughs> He's always like hiding around, like. He's always around with Wagner and Grant uh, that in that era doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't even have anything else about the books we talked about so far today. I don't either. Um, I really, really enjoyed Zagus. It's just kind of a straightforward, like it's it's like straightforward in that like it's just got cool art. You just appreciate the cool art. You move on with your life. It's not like you know deep storytelling or something. It's just really good. Um, yeah. Uh, Here is um, uh, one of the covers of Death Zone because just seeing these guys drawn by Fife is always a treat. Uh, oh, <sighs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's and like, to be clear, like in Copper, right, one of the characters is like legit, like it's just Captain Boomerang. Like there's no like ifs, <laughs> ands, or buts about it. And the, the one guy is just Count Vertigo. Like he doesn't, he doesn't file the digits off that far. <laughs> uh, but you get to see Count Vertigo have a fight with Doctor Strange. So that's all you want, right? Yeah, that's what matters. And drawn to the best that you can find. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, Rick, where can but people ne- find you online? We should talk about because we do know what oh. we're doing next time. Oh yes, yes, yes. Did we pick something? I don't remember now. Yes. So uh, we're doing. We're going. We did. We have done less uh, manga on this show than I thought we would at the beginning, but so it goes. Yeah. <laughs> but so next time uh, we're going in the completely opposite direction from Z. I guess you possibly could, and we're doing the skies blue with a single cloud by uh, Kaneko. Uh, right. Yes. Tusarita, yeah. Um. So this book is put out by Drawn and Quarterly. It is available on the cat site for those listening along. <laughs> um, and it is one of the books Drawn and Quarterly has done, translated by Ryan Holmberg. So there's a big essay in the back about all this. And she is the first women, woman who had work published in Garo, the alternative magazine from the 60s. Mm-hmm. And this book covers stories from, I believe it is... Uh, 1966 through 1981. Okay. Um, yeah, this is, uh, uh, Kuniko Surita. Um, and yeah, I'm, I am, I have heard about the short story, The Sky is Blue with a Single Cloud. I know some things about that story. I don't know about the rest of what's in this collection, so I'm very excited to, um, read the rest of this, um. I mean, I haven't read The Sky is Blue. I've just heard somebody talk about it, so that's, you know, a very different thing. Um, But yeah, Yeah, I'm very excited. It's a good little story. (laughs) I have only ever heard heard great things about this book, so. Um, So yeah, where could people find you online? 
uh, they can find me online at Combat the Rick V, wherever you search that in social medias. Um, I'm not using Coast that much, though, because, I don't know, that site's weird. Yeah, that site's weird. Uh, it's been very good for um, me sharing show notes for this show. I'm not very much enjoying it for anything else these days. <laughs> but uh, I do post the show notes there, so people can yeah. check those out there. And I do post just random pages of Batman when the mood strikes me. Um uh, but yeah, you could find me on Twitter out of Tumble underscore coffee. You can support this podcast and a bunch of others by going to exportaud.io. Um, you know, if you give us $5, you get the last steps of this podcast where we talked about uh, Judge Dredd, which was a fucking great episode because the Apocalypse War is fucking great. <laughs> it is. Um, you also get fantasy books. Lots of fantasy books these days. Lots of fantasy books these days. We love to have a hyperfixation on this podcast network. <laughs> Um, but yeah that just about does it Um, bye everybody bye